Welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish, or the show that's always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, and now the award-winning podcaster. Just so so much ego packed in that one little sentence. Uh, hey, thanks so much for being here. We're happy to have you. Big, fat, action-packed podcast for you today. Sorry we're late getting it out. Um, I'm just trying really hard to make the show that I want to make, and it takes longer than I expect, plus my family and things take time also. But, 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 today on the show, we've got Doc Martin. Doc Martin's here with some more effing fake news. Fish Guy Josh is back with a new, brand new segment called Fish Guy Follows. Hugo's here with a story about killing brown trout. Um... I got to interview the creator of the hookless fishing lure. Yeah, that's a thing. And and I got an email the other day that I uh, had the lost tapes of my PMX presentation. So, uh, boy, big show for you today. So, without further ado, first up, we've got Doc Martin. Now, Doc Martin's been with the show a long time. Long time listeners all love her. If you're new to the show, Doc Martin holds a PhD in biologist from the from the Kansas State University, where her research focuses on the prairie stream fishes. She's also an amazing human, and we're lucky to have her here. You could find her on our private Fish Nerds podcast Facebook group. Get over there and check it out. Here is Doc Martin. Now, we, we recorded this segment in my car on the way to uh, drop her off at the airport after she visited us, visited us for our 200th episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun, and uh, incidentally, I will be visiting Doc Martin uh, in Kansas in November, and rumor has it I may even get to meet some friends of the show um, And uh, while we're out there. So John King, I think I might crash into, and with any luck, I might bump into Jeff Danielson, our Epin librarian, which, by the way, we need to hit him up for a new book for September and see what we're doing up there. News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves Okay, so this news comes out of Australia. Oh, good day. Good day. So for Luke. Yay. Okay, so, and is it real or is it fake? Mm, or is it upside down? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Inside out. Yeah. Okay, so Pet Barn. Ooh. Pet Barn is a store. Mm -hmm. And the Pet Barn staff was offered counseling services. Um, in April of 2018, because the RSPCA launched an animal cruelty probe after a group of men were reportedly recorded swallowing live goldfish mm. at a Warren Ponds pet barn. So in the pet store, mm -hmm. they were swallowing goldfish and the cops were called. Mm -hmm. Now, if this was the United States at a frat party... Oh, so I've seen this I'd in real like, life? Yes. My senior high school prom. Oh, God. Yeah. So, you know, last year, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there... We... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So, uh, I I did not help with prom. Um, I don't think I did. Uh, and we had goldfish bowls in the middle of the tables with one little goldfish at each table. It's very fancy. Very, very fancy. And some boys decided they wanted to try the whole swallow the goldfish and then like throw it back up alive. Apparently that's uh, a big thing. Yeah, I've seen it on the YouTubes. It's mm -hmm. awful. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. And usually what ends up happening is they swallow the goldfish um, and then it doesn't come back up. Like you, you've done it. Um, and so by the <laughs> you, end of you, prom, <laughs> there were no goldfish left. God. Now, to be fair, my school isn't really big, but mm -hmm. I mean, there were there were enough goldfish there that like that was a dinner. So you did one. I know. Oh God, no. no. Because you know too much. <laughs> um, I'd like to think I'm a I'm a better person than that. <laughs> yeah. Now, incidentally, there's examples of mm. of uh, guys doing that with small yellow perch and dying. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, because yellow perch, their operculums are so sharp as a defense mechanism. Oh, these no. These stupid guys who do this, they choke them down and they try to choke them up and they come up backwards and they lodge in their uh, throats and they bleed and die and they kind of drown in their blood. 
Fish morphology is important. Yeah. So yeah, oh if you're going to swallow fish, you want really a soft rayed fish. Mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> what would lend itself good to swallowing? Oh, ooh. What about like a, a small American eel? Uh, eel we've seen that uh, with oh. the cormorant the other day. It's no problem. Just Perfect. like yep. a spaghetti. Although I would imagine that would come up all by itself without your help. They are very good at getting around or it might go yeah. through you all by itself in the wrong direction. I think that's probably a bad choice. Yeah. Or a but, good but choice if you're into that sort of throat, things. Though. No, it would definitely move very cleanly through your body. <laughs> yeah. I'd be a that's a scary idea. Oh, the horror film that would be. <laughs> so you know about sorry, speaking of things that go smoothly through your body, I think in Hollywood people that want to clean out their intestines. You, you know that, this. They, what do they call that? They call that cleansing? Like flossing? Where they actually <laughs> swallow rope or something and then they pull oh, it? no. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a... No, I think that's not. a real thing. So they swallow a rope. So so that way it's Wait, like describe, brushing your this intestines. It goes through their whole body. They keep mm -hmm. a piece hanging out of their mouth? I think they just swallow it and then it, it goes through their intestines. And then it comes out of their poop chute? Just like a tapeworm. And they got to pull it out the other mm -hmm. end. So it's so they're nice. But they and probably clean. hire someone to pull it out for them, right? Well, if you're that rich, yeah, I, oh I would think. Ugh. So, I mean, you know, what else would you do with all that money? Uh, yeah, hire just, someone to floss your intestines. Um, wow. <laughs> so these are guys. These are people who have no idea how biology works. And oh yeah, they, well, most cleanses. That's the case. anyone yeah. who cleanses, we can we can pretty much know they don't get the body. Right. Yeah. Well, but some some I'm fine with because it doesn't hurt doing any damage. I can imagine that doing damage. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like a an intelligent decision. No, but hey, if you've got the money and you like ropes being pulled out of your butthole, that's the uh, way to go, I guess. <laughs> oh, um, maybe they just really wanted to be a spider. <laughs> <laughs> seemed just like dangling from the, come on, Tobey Maguire, let's see if we can still do this thing. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so do Australians, mm -hmm. do these Australians go into a pet store and swallow fish? And Enough pops? to make... The people that work at the pet store like have some kind of trauma, and they needed to be counseled. Oh, enough! To, no, I yes, I believe they swallowed it. But Australian people are tough as nails, and well, they were offered counseling. I don't know if they took it. Okay, well, okay, so that's a different question. Mm -hmm. So I, pet I believe pet barn is offering counseling to the staff that witnessed the swallowing See, of the goldfish. That that part makes me feel pretend. The, mm -hmm. the people swallowing goldfish, I believe, happened. Uh, Pastor people not liking people swallowing their goldfish, I believe that's a thing. Mm -hmm. People being traumatized to the point of needing counseling or being offered counseling. I think that part sounds like embellishment. So I'm going to say fake. Are you sure? Yes. Do you want to know the source? Yes. It, it is, it's, I, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong. Geelong Advertiser. It is a newspaper news thing that's established for a long time mm -hmm. since like the early 1900s this is real no shit yeah wow there you go i well okay <laughs> i i, I did, it's not outrageous that people it's would not do outrageous that. it's the idea of needing therapy that kind of mm -hmm. threw my brain into like because sometimes when you see these fake news stories you have a very plausible story and then the details is where the fakery comes in mm -hmm. and that's why i'm always looking i'm like well you know the you know the basic is sure that can happen. Yeah. But people swallow goldfish yeah. for fun for a reason that I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, unless you're eating, like, unless you need nourishment. I've eaten goldfish. Right. Yeah. But I... But I've cooked them. Right. You Have don't you? just You don't just eat them at the pet store? You no. Just buy five like, from Walmart be really and pop funny. them like M&M's? Oh, my God. <laughs> if I were into it. If I were my thing. Oh, no. If, if, but it's not my thing. Okay. But it would be it would be hilarious to do that. Like get a get one of those baggies that they fill them with water. Just well, even better, put a straw in it and just start drinking, oh. and then like do it right in front of the clerk, and then when you get down to the goldfish, then pop it in your mouth and hand the bag back to him. You'd blow people's minds, and then you blow your bottom out a couple of days later. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> not <laughs> a good disease you've gotten from that. Wow! So thanks for the real news. That's interesting. That's real news. There thanks, you go. Dad. This episode is brought to you by you. That's right, you, our supporters over at patreon.com. 
Uh, Patreon is like a Kickstarter for ongoing art projects like this one. Uh, and we need your money. I mean, we don't actually make money on our ads on this show. You're going to hear an ad in a minute from John King. He didn't give us any money. He gave us some fishing lures. Um, most people don't give us any money, but we could sure use it. It's the only way to keep this show going is by giving us money. If you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash fish nerds, Give us a dollar an episode. You be a superhero. Our friend Josh Lopes at LopesTax.com gives us 25 bucks a week. Uh, and that, that's a big deal. Obviously, we don't expect everyone to do that. But if you do, we will ma- mention your business, uh, LopesTax.com. And, you know, he gets customers from doing this. So it's a good deal for everyone. We all win. And the fish nerds get to keep going. Uh, also, other other rewards for smaller donations and we're happy to have your money in any amount thank you so much patreon.com slash fish nerds hello fish nerd nation this is john king the crappie hippie founder of glasswater lead free lures and in honor of the great time we had doing episode 203 we are offering fish nerd nation a special deal you go to our website, glasswaterleadfreelures.com, enter the coupon code FISHNERD, that's capital F, small I-S-H-N-E-R-D, all one word, FISHNERD, and you get 20% off your entire order. That includes our incredible new lure, Angle King. Thank you to Clay for giving us a forum for lead-free fishing discussion, and thanks to everybody for sharing the podcast and all the kind words. This is Crappie Hippie wishing you tight lines and valentines. Peace out. Okay, next up, Fish Guy Josh is back, and you might remember him as half of the effin' West or half of the Fish of the Day, Uh, and now he's trying out a brand new segment called Fish Guy Follows, and we think you'll like this, Uh, but we need your feedback, so take a listen, let us know what you think. Uh, and and help us you know make this a, a great segment for Fish Guy Josh. We love him. We think you're gonna love him. Uh, he does an amazing job uh, on his own uh, social media. So if you're on Instagram, check out at Fish Guy Josh. You can see all his like native fishes photos and things he does with all that. He's a lot of fun. Here is Fish Guy follows. Welcome, fellow fish nerds, to the latest edition of Fish Guy Follows, with me, your host, Fish Guy Josh, where we take a look at some of the fishiest things in social media, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, we cover it. So hang on tight while the rest of this song rocks your face off, and then sit back and relax. It's time for Fish Guy Follows. God, I love that song. And that song means only one thing, a new segment from Fish Guy Josh, Fish Guy Follows, where we're just going to talk a little bit, very briefly, about things that I'm interested in on social media that I think fellow fish nerds are really going to get a kick out of. Uh, But I want to start this inaugural segment off with a a big thanks to one of my best friends back home in Louisiana, Jan, uh, and several of my other good musician friends that I grew up with when I was younger back in Louisiana. Uh, They all got together and made a fantastic intro song um, that I just absolutely love. So every time I'm going to do this segment, you're likely going to have a slightly more excited fish guy, Josh, just because, you know, I'm coming off of hearing that original music uh, by some of my best friends and talking about things that I'm really passionate about on social media. Without further ado, let's get to the first subject of Fish Guy Follows, the inaugural subject, and that is my very, very good friend, Isaac Zabo. Now, specifically, I'm talking about Isaac Zabo on Instagram. Uh, You can find him at I-S-A-A-C-S-Z-A-B-O. That's all one word, no space. This is where you're going to find him on Instagram. Now, Isaac is a good friend of me and Mrs. Fish Guy. We've known him uh, for several years now, and I first met him at uh, one of the NAFA conventions, which is the uh, North American Native Fishes Association. Now, he's just an unreal talent when it comes to underwater photography. Um, His focus is on freshwater photography, But don't think that it's just going to be a lot of dingy photos, uh, lakes, reservoir type stuff. It's not at all what he's going for. Um, This guy 
goes all over the Southeast United States looking for different species, different habitats to photograph. And he works diligently in the water to get that perfect shot. Uh, I've been out snorkeling with him several times and sometimes he'll just post up in front of a single fish for well over an hour just trying to get that perfect shot. And when you go on Instagram and I'm, I'm there right now looking at it, if you go on there and look at some of these photos, they will blow you away. And you won't even believe that these are freshwater streams found within our country. This stuff looks like you know, maybe like there's a lot of Florida Springs and you'd think almost every photo in here is from the Florida Springs, but it's not. It's just all these really cool, clear streams that, that he researches and drives out to camps out and, and finds the perfect shot. in. it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I can't say there's one particular fish he's really fond of. When you look on here, there's just endless types of species of fish, things you've probably never even seen or heard of before. Uh, he goes out there and he finds them. Um, I'm looking at just sea snakes, alligators, um, really cool killifish, a ton of different sunfish. He's a big fan of darters. And a lot of the really cool minnows that we see, and they look pretty drab, but during uh, spawning season, they really color up. A lot of these awesome fish that you find in like... Um, uh, Tennessee and Georgia, places like that, where the species diversity is really high. Um, you'll find Isaac out there really, really nose to the grindstone, working hard to find these perfect shots of these fish. He's actually started doing a lot of work for um, Freshwater Illustrated and a few other organizations and institutes. Um, he's been on the cover of Fisheries Journal, uh, the the uh, the AFS Journal. There was actually an article about him as well uh, within that particular uh, issue. Um, he's blowing up and really talented guy. We have some of his photographs hanging up in our house. Uh, I love going out with this guy. I'm actually, um, me and Mrs. Fisher guy are going to go out with him to find hellbenders later this month which are the largest salamander in the United States. We're going to be uh, snorkeling in some streams and tributaries of some rivers uh, where they're found and see if we can actually get some great video and photos of these guys, uh, maybe even doing like some, uh, some battles and spawning action, stuff like that. Uh, I can't wait to do it. I just, the guy is super cool to hang out with and not just because he's a talented photographer um, and you can learn a lot of stuff by hanging out with him, but also just because he is such a cool guy. He's so nice uh, very, very proud to call this guy a friend. If you haven't checked him out already, please go to Instagram and find Isaac Zabo. And while you're at it, you can go to IsaacZabo.com. Spelled the same, no spaces, I-S-A-A-C-S-Z-A-B-O. That's my boy, Isaac Zabo, some of the best underwater photography you're ever going to see. Please check it out. And I should remind you, links for all these things are in the show notes. Uh, they'll also be at fishnerds.com. Hugo is back, and we love Hugo. Hugo is our resident seagull. He will eat anything. He also takes amazing photos of food and makes me want to eat terrible things. Uh, he runs a Facebook group called The Culinary Connection, uh, where you can go on and ask questions, post recipes, and get involved with other other home cooks. Um, we think he's great. Uh, here's Killing Fish. Hello, Fish Nerd friends. This is Hugo Madero's cooking correspondent for the Fish Nerds. I just got off the water from fishing uh, early this morning. I always get out uh, the break of dawn in my kayak, in uh, whether it be fresh water or salt water. I've been doing lots of fresh water lately. I haven't been able to get out the salt water. So I've been doing that, and uh, it's been a blast. So I just got a, uh, I had a great morning, had a, uh, some nice uh, brown trout, beautiful, uh, decent-sized brown trout. Uh, got into some uh, nice big pickerel, so uh, about 22 inches, a couple of them. Um, and some white perch and some sunfish. It was just phenomenal. So I'm going to be, I'm about to clean, or should I say dress, because the fish is not dirty, uh, this 
uh, he's about 18 inch, 18 inch, beautiful, uh, healthy, fat uh, brown trout. Lately and for a while, I haven't really been keeping freshwater fish because I've been doing uh, previously up until uh, maybe a month ago. I've been doing so much saltwater fishing that, uh, you know, I just didn't get around to uh, didn't bother to keep freshwater fish uh, as long as I got saltwater fish in the fridge fresh or even frozen which I usually don't do I usually eat them right away but um just don't get around to keeping freshwater fish but I haven't been able to uh, get any saltwater ones and got this beautiful uh, brown trout and it's from a deep uh, lake in clean water and I'm gonna do it for lunch looking forward to it um so I think what I'm going to do, my plan so far, so far, I think I'm going to take um, a bunch of the cilantro. A friend of mine just gave me a grocery bag full of cilantro from her garden, and I've been wondering what I'm going to do with it. So I think this is the idea I just had. I am going to make a kind of uh, sauce to, uh, to season the, um, uh, the trout. That will be the cilantro and a bunch of garlic and some olive oil and lemon juice. And I'm just going to put all that through the food processor. I'm going to stuff it inside the whole fish. I'm going to cook the whole fish, head and all, because it looks really cool in pictures. Freaks some people out, but I think it looks neat. And uh, I don't know. I've always done that since I was a little kid. So I'm going to also make diagonal slices on the outside of it and stuff all that tasty, I'm all watering now, think of it, all that tasty uh, sauce or marinade or whatever we want to call it all over it. And I'm going to throw it on the grill. I'm going to get the grill nice and hot, spray it down with Pam, uh, clean it, get it hot, spray it down with Pam. That way, um, it's a good trick for you guys. Uh, that way nothing sticks to it. And that's going to be lunch. And on the side, I think right now I'm going to make uh, what we do in Portugal, which is uh, boiled potatoes. And I'm going to get little potatoes, going to boil them, cut them in half, and then put uh, crushed, moist uh, red peppers on top of it. A little, I'm still watering. A little olive oil all over it. And that's going to be uh, today's lunch here in Massachusetts. So I think that's going to be awesome. And the... Uh, Started doing this freshwater thing, and I had kind of like, I don't know, you call it an epiphany, but it's working out great, and I'm, I've been having a blast. So I had, I wrecked all my joints somehow. <laughs> so I got rotator cuff issues, and elbow and bicep issues, and knee issues, and all this stuff. So I figured out a way that I could still uh, get my fishing in, and I figured it out. And this is awesome. So what I did is for my kayak, first of all, I got uh, the pedal drive so I don't have to paddle it, uh, you know, because of uh, the issues I have with my shoulders. So I got the pedal drive for this feel-free kayak that I have and live in and love to death. It's where I spend all my vacation time on the water in this thing. So now I can push it with my legs and use both arms to be able to fish with. And now what I was worried about is that I could not do anything heavy, not do heavy fishing in the ocean. But then I figured something out. This is what I think was my epiphany. So I started using my uh, ice fishing gear that I have. So I have a combo, a rod and reel. It's really, really light, really easy to cast and uh, use that to do all my all my fishing in the freshwater. So this has been so much fun for these last few weeks. I've been catching um, all sorts of freshwater fish, all our freshwater species I've caught and pretty much caught in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, some beautiful largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, these trout I just got, a bunch of uh, big pickerel, uh, all sorts of things. And it's working out awesome. And this is perfect. So I thought I would take this one step further. This is what I'm excited about is I am going to put together a combo rod and reel that will let me get back in the ocean 
and fish for the fish I love to um, to fish for, the ground fish here in New England. So we're talking the fluke, the black sea bass, the tatog, or blackfish as they call them in Rhode Island. And I already got this in the works. I have one reel that I just got. It is a pen conflict two in the thousand size, which may be the smallest size that comes in. They may have a 500, but that would be just microscopic. So this one is strong enough that it should be able to handle these saltwater ground fish that I adore. And also I have a uh, coming, I, ha I spoke with the good folks at uh, St. Croix rods out in uh, Wisconsin, I believe it is, and told them my uh, my plans and what I'm trying to do. It's kind of unique. I don't know if uh, maybe someone has done something similar. Uh, so they recommended that I get this ice fishing rod they have that's heavy duty. It is the Ice Mojo, and it is uh, the heavy size. So I'm going to have this combo set up that's light but yet tough and strong enough to uh, hold up to this stuff so i'm wicked pumped about it so i'm gonna be doing that uh shortly within the week and i'll come back with stories to you guys from that so look forward to more saltwater kayak and fishing uh recipe stories from me soon and also uh, keep looking on the uh, website. I'll be posting up these recipes, including this uh, trout that I'm about to uh, attack and throw on the grill. You guys take care. Take care. Bye, guys. Thank you. You go check it out. A week or two weeks ago, somebody shared a link uh, to a Kickstarter campaign for the hookless fishing lure. Uh, yeah, that's right. Hookless fishing lure. And I had no choice but to track down Sam Clymer, the inventor, creator, of this uh, hookless lure, which essentially is just a spring-loaded magnetic lure that catches fish uh, while you're fishing. Um, I also, I, whenever I interview anyone from Kickstarter, I always throw some money in their pot because I know how hard it is to, to support these things. I encourage you to, to, you to do the same. Uh, here's an interview with Sam Clymer, creator, inventor of the hookless fishing lure. And a big thanks to Sam for having a... Uh, he tolerated some pretty heavy criticism here, and he's great. So here's... Okay, Fish Nerds, we are here, and we're lucky to be here because it's been taking maybe 30 emails to pin this next person down. But we're with Sam Clymer, the inventor, creator of the Hookless Fishing Lure, uh, which is uh, we'll tell you all about. But he's got a Kickstarter campaign going out for the Hookless Fishing Lure. He's raised just over $700 as of the recording. He's trying to get $2,000. We have links for this Kickstarter up at fishnerds.com. And as always, whenever the Fish Nerds interview anyone who's got a Kickstarter campaign, we throw money in the pot to back them because we want to see everybody, all these nerds, get ahead. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Clay. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, so, Sam, let's just jump right in. Before I get into questions and stuff, give us like the elevator pitch of the hookless uh, the hookless fishing lure. Just give us like the okay, quick one. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I came up with it in high school. It's basically, it's a fishing lure that doesn't use a hook. So instead of a hook, it has these two powerful magnets. They're neodymium magnets and they clamp the fish's mouth when a fish bites down. So it has a small trigger on it. And when a fish bites the lure, it clamps the fish's mouth and the, the magnets are powerful enough that it holds the fish and lets you reel it in. So that's that's kind of the basic idea of it. All right, and and so you've you've made these, and you made looks like you made them on a three D printer, right? Yep. So I have a, a Flash Forge Creator Pro, and um, it's just something that I've always um, kind of been able to do. I have an AutoCAD software on my computer, so um, I, I can make basically any design I want on the printer. Mm -hmm. All right, so these the, and and kind of I'm trying to visualize the size of these things. These look like bass. Um, what do you call them? Like uh, spinner spinners? Is that what they call them? Yeah, under spinner, spinner bait. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of yeah. It has two. It's, you know, it's a triangle shape almost. Um, so it has two ends on it, and one of the ends is the attractant. So you know, in, in the designs that I have now, I put a skirt on one end of them. Mm -hmm. um, another design I'm thinking about doing is having 
you know, one end kind of um, look like a hard bait. And then I'm going to make the bottom, the bottom end kind of a, a translucent clear plastic so that it just looks like there's only one piece. And so that way the fish will just bite the top one. Right. And is it important which side of the fish bite on on these clamps? Yeah, it, it is. So the, the way that I have it set up is that there's a trigger mechanism. Um, and the, the trigger will only release if the fish bites on a certain end. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking to maybe change that in the future. But as of right now, it needs to bite one end for it to be caught. Right. And, and the magnet stab is shut. And those neod- neodymium or whatever magnets, those are what they find like in like supercomputers and hard drives oh, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And so like when, when you came up with this idea, were you just like against hurting fish? Are you a vegan? No, I'm not actually. You know, it's okay um, I mean, if you are. We forgive you. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, I, I love meat. Um, I had bacon this morning, so I, I can't say that I'm a vegan. Um, I, I, I am definitely very, you know, environmentally conscious. Um, but interestingly enough, I didn't come up with this idea as a, as a way to try to reduce fish harm. I do think that's a good, um, you know, result of the product of the idea, but I kind of just came up with it as a a cool thing. I I kind of thought, um, it was this school project actually that I thought of it. Um, I just thought, you know, is there another way to catch a fish? You know, you can catch fish with nets, you can catch them with hooks, and I thought, you know, is there another way to do it? And that's kind of the genesis of the idea. All right. So I want to hear about the first time you made it and your first test. What okay. Went right. What went wrong? Okay. Well, the first test, let's see. So I, the first um, conception of the, the design, I had the magnets on the end of the lure so that when the fish bites down on the magnet, the magnets would be in the mouth of the fish. And when I first tested it, I realized that there was a big problem um, because with the magnets inside the fish's mouth, there was too much distance between the magnets for it to generate enough force to really hold the fish. And so, right. Yeah. Um, But I mean, even if it was just a dead fish holding the weight, it wouldn't hold the weight with that design. So I had to, that was like the first, first one I ever made. Um, You know, it, it worked okay in the water, you know, the mechanics of it, but that was kind of the first, the first one. And it's changed a lot since then. And so I want to hear about, so you finally, you, you've been throwing this thing in the water. Yep. It looks as dumb as any other lure. By the way, all fishing lures look dumb. I'm just saying, yep. there's nothing wrong with that. It's, so you get this big blue thing with a skirt trailing off it. You're tossing it in the lake. What was the first fish you caught? Well, the, the first fish that I caught actually wasn't with that design, but it was with, you know, one of the later ones. But the first fish that I caught with one was a smallmouth bass, kind of a smaller guy. But I mean, in the, in the beginning, it was, it was a problem. I had, I had trouble. I would have fish bite it and it wouldn't get caught. That was an issue for a while. Um, and so you'd, I kind of... You'd feel the fish bite and, and nothing would happen and some of the fish would be pulling on that skirt, but not really... Right. Exactly. Or a fish would bite it and it would set off the trigger and it wouldn't catch it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of took a little tinkering with the, the actual design in order to get it right. Um, so, yeah. So now would you say it's as consistent as a hook or is it less consistent or is it? Or I, wouldn't is it say I wouldn't say it's as consistent as a hook. Um, I mean, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't try to sell it as, you know, oh, we, we came up with something better than a hook, um, you know, buy this product. Mm-hmm. It's really something else. It, it, it is a new thing. It's a novel idea. So, no, I don't think it's, it's – I mean, if I were to go into a survival situation and mm-hmm. have either a hook or this – I would pick a hook. Um, so I'll be honest. <laughs> That's cool. It's funny. I, I have a, a friend whose sister's a vegan, and she cuts the hooks off of her lures when she goes uh-huh. fishing. And she okay. likes, likes the fight, but doesn't want to hurt the fish. And I wonder how she would feel about, feel about this hookless fishing lure. Um, I think it's a really clever idea. By the way, fisher people are going to be resistant because this is different. This is very different. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard that yeah. too. But, but I like the idea. And I also like the idea of like if you're fishing with kids a lot, you're, you're in less danger of hurting the kids with the lure. So you got a little safety thing. For me, that would be fun. Um, I hope you get your, your target. You're getting, only going to get $2,000. It seems like a kind of a low, a low goal, low threshold. Why only $2,000? Well, I mean, I thought that, you know, if you, if you raise, you can always raise more than the goal. So I thought it's a possibility. But to be honest with you, I didn't launch the Kickstarter as a way to try to make a bunch of money. I kind of wanted to get the idea out there and in front of people, 
I mean, I guess that's how you came across the idea yourself. Yeah. And I, I really wanted to get some feedback. Um, and I've gotten great feedback from you, from other people. Um, and I think that this was really just the first step in, in the, the, the project. So um, even, if the, even if it weren't to be fully funded, I, don't, I wouldn't take that as a negative because I didn't really do any marketing of this. I did very little. Um, and so I think that I, I, I will have a better idea at the end of this what, what will be the outcome. And you can always relaunch again. Now, I'm going to tell you, there have been five people who have come from the Fish Nerds podcast and gone to Shark Tank in one big deal. So it's not crazy. Okay to think that you can make it there. Yeah. Although not one has ever come back and said, hey, can we spot? <laughs> so if you win, you know, you get that. Okay. I'm yeah. going to follow up. I'm going to say, you said. Um, all right. So I'm actually going to, can I read you some comments from our Facebook group? Are you in the Fish Nerds Facebook group? Uh, I don't think I am. I, I don't use yeah. Facebook very much. but you should. It's good it marketing for you. But okay. we have a private group in, in the, called the Fish Nerds Podcast. It's a group, very active people of our audience, uh, uh, and they always comment. And okay. So, some of these are a little negative, but take them, take fine. them as they are and, and just answer them and we'll have some fun. Okay. So first one, um, Mike Steffen said that your one motionless picture isn't convincing. So one of the pictures in the, in the, in the video, I don't know if that's something to come out. Uh, but John King says, John King works on our show. Uh, doesn't address the primary concern of the fisher, which is not fish feelings, but catching the MFers in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> one star looking rock bass is hardly a complete field test. So his, his uh, criticism is why a rock bass? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm a little limited by my fishing area. I yeah. live on a lake. So, I mean, there really only is rock bass. I, I mean, there's rock perch, bass, so. Yeah, I would disagree with, with John. I love rock bass. So it's, okay. <laughs> any fish is a good fish. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm actually was surprised to hear rock bass on there because their mouth are kind of so small. Mm-hmm. Even grabbing that, so. Uh, but that's John King. Uh, Chris Prue from North Conway, New Hampshire says, worst problem, bass wounded by a hook or a bass with a magnet in its belly? Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I think that it would be much worse with a magnet in its belly, but I, I, I don't think with this design, actually, that that would be a possibility. I mean, the, the magnets are glued into the design, so. Um, I think people are just giving you a hard time. That's yeah. fine. You know, I, I received a lot of that, too. So it's, you know, there's both sides. Yeah. All right. Mike Steffen's concerned about getting the fish to buy the, bite the right side of the uh, of the hook. Is a trailer job? Is a trailer attractant the job to get the fish to bite the right side? Yes, and I, I think that that's actually one of the biggest problems that I I agree with, and um, it's something that I'm working on. And I, as I mentioned, I think one of the best things to do is going to be to keep the the bottom piece uh, a clear plastic so that the fish, you know, either doesn't see it or won't be interested in that end. So I think that's a good point. All right, so now here's a big one. This is a lot of words here. John King comes back again. Now, John King, a little background. His uh, moniker online is the crappy hippie, and he is a lure, fishing lure designer. Okay. And he makes he's, His focus is lead-free lures, so he makes a lot of lead-free stuff, which is what qualify as. Right. Lead-free. Uh, so John says, on the other hand, as far as design goes, you have to start somewhere. I hate trebles. I resort to a plug as the very last resort. I'm not over fond of hooks uh, in any wise and, and go bar in any ways and go barbless a lot of the time. So I'm interested in less damaging way of grabbing fish. This is good for you. Okay. Uh, that still it's his angle for them. However, for a first step, this is small and exploratory. There are a lot of questions. This is a project that needs fisher inputs, which you've said, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what you basically have here uh, is a weird ass jig. <laughs> It'll work except when it doesn't. And so when, so and so, what does the hard bait version look like, or an un, underspin version? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go one at a time. Have you thought about a hard bait or an underspin version? Yeah, you know I have, and I think that this is this is a great point, and I think that the design is really where this needs the most work. Um, but I just want to emphasize that the the idea itself does work, um, and so the design needs needs improvement, and maybe you know other other parts of it too, but the idea works and that's really what I, you know, what made me so excited. And so I love to hear feedback like that. So Good. that's great. I love that. I, can't, I, I want it funded so I can try it. By the way, if it doesn't get funded, you guys send me one anyway. Oh, so absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be, I'd be thrilled to give it a shot. Um, okay. What about bait fishing? Have you thought about making these where you can put bait on them? Yeah, you know, I have. Um, uh, one problem that I have with the materials and resources that I have is that with 3d printing, the plastic isn't very strong. Nope. And so, 
if I had stronger plastic, I could make these a lot smaller and I could make them in a way where you could attach, you know, a worm on there or something small and it'd be a lot smaller than it is now. Um, so that is another thing that I have thought about too. Yeah. Yeah. And so having more funding, more funding or investors would allow you to do more research. Right. Um, Yep. By the way, you should protect this idea if you can. Oh, um, I have. <laughs> okay, good. How is the balance of the bait? Does it balance well in the water the same as a spinner bait does? Yes. Yeah, so the, the way that I had to design it was that the line, it, the line attaches in a slightly strange place, um, kind of on top of the, the top piece. But the way it moves through the water is it's actually very similar to a crankbait. Um, it, it has a wiggle to it. Um, so I, I did have to tinker with that to make sure that it moved through the water the right way. And it does. All right. Have you ever trolled with these? I have not. No, I've not. Okay. That was a question. Uh, target species for these is it primarily bass lure right now. Yeah, I think bass most likely. Yeah. All right. And I'm still, I'm still on John King's questions. This is his. Okay. This is all John. He's, King. Okay. he's got a diatribe here. He's, he does not mess around. He's like, he really thinks about this stuff. So you, you'd like this guy. Uh, I really admire your version, but it's bare bones thing right now. As you point out countless times on this, on the show, Oh, that's me. Uh, The fishing market, he's talking about me now. The fishing marketplace is very competitive. If they, that's you, are going to afford uh, above the gray B gimmick that that has some work to do on. On the other hand, it might have other applications outside of fishing. Folks with limited mobility are always looking for for other kinds of grabbers of sorts. And there might be other kinds of ways you can use a device besides fishing. Interesting, kind of a science fair prize winner type idea. That's how he described it. And that's how you described it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking the same I, language. Yeah. I, the one thing that I will say is that, you know, it, you know, you might not have your very experienced fisherman going out and looking for this product. This might be an idea that could bring somebody to fishing that hasn't fished before, maybe because they don't want to use hooks. I've had various, a, a number of people come to me saying that very thing. And so- you know, this could be a great product for that that kind of person to bring other people into fishing that normally wouldn't have. Well, good. I think it's a great. I, I love I love this kind of stuff. Got a comment here from Bill Thompson. Used to own a fly shop, so you got some real. You, you're getting real people here who. Oh, this is great. This is great stuff. So you got you got a fly. You got a fishing uh, lure designer commented. Now you're getting former fly shop owner. He's known. Bill says I've known quite a few fly anglers over the years who fish flies with no hooks. Late Earl Stetson fished for Atlantic salmon using flies with no hooks. And yes, I've tried it myself. Sometimes it was because I had busted off the hook at the bend of the rock due to low back cast. So I was just bragging, I think. Right. Um, Rich Collins says, with wild trout, he either uses big flies they can't really get in their throat, or many times they just don't set the hook. Um, so he's just they're just talking about how fish don't care about hooks. They just eat anyway. Right. I like saying their names in the show. Nothing, no questions there. <laughs> so as you move forward with this product... You get funded. Everyone gets their their version of this of this uh, of this bait of this hookless fishing lure. What's your next design going to look like? Have you already thought about the next big one? Yes, I, I have. Um, I, I I know one of the the things that I'm trying to model the next design after is more of a hard bait that really resembles um, you know some kind of bait fish. And I think that the next the next step would be to to have, I mean, for right now, it's just, I have blue and white lures, right? So they're not painted. They're not, they're not, you know, presented in any special way besides having a skirt on them. So I would really like to have a proper designed top piece that looks like a, a bait fish and produce the bottom piece out of clear plastic. I think that's my next goal after, you know, this initial. Right. And we, and we talked about that earlier. So um, this whole thing is, is really fun. You're, you're right now, you're not even halfway to funding right now. You're at $700 or something like that. Are you, are you watching the, when they come in, do you like just do a, a jig, a dance every time you get <laughs> a piece of money? Yeah. I kind of have a little fist pump, you know, when I see it. So, yeah. you know, we had a, we had a, a, a large kind of inflow in the beginning and it kind of, you know, um, kind of leveled out. So, but you never know. In the end of the, a lot of these campaigns, you can get an influx of people too. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And what kind of uh, marketing are you doing to share this? How are you getting the word out? Uh, the only thing that I did, I made a, a Facebook page. Um, and, uh, you know, I put, uh, I think, $20 into uh, advertising that. But, I mean, other than that, I really didn't do anything. Um, 
So, you know, I, I was happy with it because I know that I didn't really do any marketing. I'm not, I'm not really good at marketing. And, you know, since it's launched, I have had people approach me offering to, um, to work with me on this and, and do that. So. Well, that's really good. You might want to get good at marketing. Right. Uh, <laughs> that would help a lot. Spend some time on it. I think it's a clever idea. I'd love to see it get funded just because I want to see what you do with it. Mm-hmm. And so, so we're hoping this works out. We're going to put links up, of course, on all of our Facebook, Twitter, Instagrams, and of course at fishners.com. So people who want to fund you can go through and click through and share it. You do have a Facebook page for this. And yes. we'll share a link up with that so people can can reach out to you and share their ideas and thoughts. But I would encourage anyone who's, it's not a lot of money to invest. Yeah. So, so, so my recommendations, you got 10 extra bucks. Look, you're going to buy a couple of coffees for someone someday. Why don't you throw the money in Sam's hat? Let Sam make these lures for you, then test them and then come online and say why you hate them. Tell me how much you hate them. Yeah. What's that? Tell me how much you hate them. I would love to hear it. He loves, and that's how we get better. Sam's a science guy. He likes the feedback. He wants to grow and develop these. Uh, and, and, and you're a young guy, right? Yep, I'm 20 years old. 20 years old. Are you in college? Yep, I am. What are you studying? Uh, environmental engineering. Perfect. Yeah. So n- next goal, right? Try to make your filament for your 3D printer out of recycled plastic water bottles or some other Perfect. source. That would be the full thing, the full project there. Right. You go full circle with these. You never get... Oh, do they get snagged? Like, can they trip underwater and, like, clamp on a rock or something? No, you know, you know they don't because the, the trigger mechanism requires a certain amount of force to, to set it off, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, release when it hits a rock. And, you know, you can cast it. You can drop it, you know, from a, lo- you know, a, a bridge into the water, and it would not set off. So, no kidding. And do they float? They don't. Um, really? I, I, can, I can make them with plastic that would float right. if you wanted to have a top water. Um, but for right now, they don't. I, it was funny. Top water baits, I never catch fish anyway. They just smack them anyway. Yeah. So a top water like this, I don't think this hookup rate would be any different because I never, I never close a deal on top water. So yeah. I think it's great. Sam, any closing things? Any, any last thoughts you want? I'm going to give you last words. Any last things you want people to leave this interview thinking, I want to give Sam money and here's why. Well, I, I just would love any support that I can get. Um, you know, it's a, it's a project I've worked on for a while um, and I'm pretty passionate about it. And I would love to see it go to the next level and be something that is really this cool, you know, device that people can use to fish. And I think it can uh, be fun for people who love to fish right now. And it can also attract new people to fish that haven't fished before. So um, I would love any support that I could get. Um, and thank you for having me on here, Clay. I really do appreciate it. All right. And finally, uh, as you heard last week, I competed in the PMX, the Ted Like Talk for podcasters. I can't call it the Ted Talk because apparently that's uh, illegal. Uh, so it's Ted Like Talk for podcasters. Turns out there was no professional recording of this and uh it was just nothing. Yeah, I had no audio. And then I got an email from my friend Lori, who's a podcaster. She makes a simply designed life podcast. And she had on her cell phone recorded me doing my, my PMX talk at Podcast Movement in Philadelphia. Now, this is not a professional recording. It's echoey. It's terrible. But I think if you're a fan of the show, you might just enjoy it anyway for what it is. And I suffer from some serious imposter syndrome. I don't feel like I belong on stage with all these other speakers, people who have been through some real life tragedies, have come out of the closet, who have lost children, who have run businesses and lost millions of dollars, all these kind of t- talkers, so much better than what I thought I was doing. So I was shocked to win. But if you listen close, you're going to hear me mumbling and making fun of myself under my breath the whole time because I felt so silly on stage there. But it's a lot of fun. I hope to hope to do more of these kind of presentations um, now that I'm a, a award-winning uh, speaker, I guess. Uh, so anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm not going to play it just yet. I'm going to end with end with that uh, so that you'll have it ready to go uh, in your head. You can, If you hate it, you can just bail on it and not miss anything else. So that'll be the end of the show. So uh, thanks a bunch to Fish Guy Josh, Doc Martin, Hugo Madero, Sam Clymer, John King, and uh, Diana's, Diana's Bath Salts for making this episode possible. We are getting closer to the show I want to make because of people contributing 
uh, content to this. My, my goal for the show, for those who are kind of following along, is to make this show, first of all, sustainable, which means we make money at it. But second, and more importantly than the money part, but money is important, uh, is to make it feel like a magazine. You know, you grab a fishing magazine and it's got, you know, stories about fish and biology and how to fish and cooking and all these other kind of things that come together. And the only way to do that is to get contributors. I need no, more producers. So if you think you've got the chops, you can record a three to five minute segment for me. Uh, send it to me to Clay at Fish Nerds. Uh, send it as MP3. Uh, I'm looking for high quality recording. So using a USB microphone or recording into a device that sounds good. Quiet room, all that stuff. Unless, it, unless, unless background noise is part of what you're doing. That's fine. Uh, creative, interesting, funny. All those things. I don't have any any uh, kind of rules except for I want good quality stuff. Uh, and that means if, if you've got a fish story that seems so outside of what we do, that's fantastic. All things have to come back to fish, which most things do. So make the connection. We especially are looking for aquarists. People who are who keep fish in aquariums. That's something that's we haven't done much on in this show. Uh, we always need always welcome new biologists, uh, new new kinds of fisher people, uh, collectors, artists, musicians. There's nothing that we can't connect. So if you've got an idea, hit me with clay at fishners.com and we will try to get it. We can use also like pop culture type stuff would be great. Uh, more news. Anyway, hit me up. Uh, and we'll try to work it in and, you know, it's a slow grind. It's, it's running, uh, <laughs> it's running in molasses. It's, it's chasing, uh, glaciers, but, uh, we're going to get there and I'm so happy that we're doing it. Now, here is my award winning PMX presentation recorded live at podcast movement in Philadelphia. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And again, thanks everyone for listening to the show. We'll see you next week where we've got a few more surprises, including my mom came fishing with us and outfished everybody. And we recorded it live on the fishing barge. I'm so happy. It's so cool to be up here. This is Blue Dino after my travel without my kids. The dinosaur comes with me, 11 years strong here. Just on top of this machine, whatever that is. Okay. All right, so I'm Clay Gross. I'm the chief executive fish nerd of the Fish Nerds Podcast. I've been doing five years, as you've heard. Started off as a quest to catch every kind of fish in the state of New Hampshire. Uh, then it became a book project. I had a big time agent in New York City who was like, I'm going to sell your book to all the big publishing agencies there is. And we did all these pitches, and they all said, Well, you're kind of stuck in a little triangle in the state of New Hampshire. We don't want your book. Uh, so we, my partner at the time and I, launched the Fish Nerds Media Empire. This was uh, 2013 or so. Uh, and we launched this podcast to take over the whole world, just like everybody else did. We thought, man, we're going to finally hit it big, and we were getting, you know, ones of listeners. <laughs> so, uh, but we've been doing it a long time. And I am not a public speaker. This is not my thing. I love it. But I have no idea what I'm doing up on stage here at Podcast Movement. I'm excited to be here. So what I'm going to do is I have this kind of crazy, like, ADHD where I can't stay on topic. Uh, and so I have all these things. Today I'm going to teach you how, why fishing will make you a better podcaster. Fishing, is, fish, by the way, are the most important thing in your life. Uh, they connect to everything. Everything is connected to fish. All cultures are connected to fish. All people are connected to fish. Um, and it's really important. Now before I begin, we are called the fish nerds. Uh, and the fish nerds, the idea of being nerdy, nerdy means you're digging in on a topic, one thing that you love. And I walked around the room today and at lunch and I'm talking to people and I was meeting other kinds of nerds. So I found an art nerd. <laughs> I found just a few minutes ago a movie nerd. Lots of tech nerds. Lots of podcast nerds. Sex nerd. Keep it this way. <laughs> Travel nerds. Uh, and of course, lots of other kinds of nerds. This room is just full of nerds, and I'm so happy because my people are here. It's really important to get with your people. So, to stick with this plan, I've got a lot to do in just about 12 minutes left now. So, I brought this all the way down from the great north woods of New Hampshire. Uh, and this wheel here is called the Eel of Fortune. We're gonna look at it. I'm gonna do my show in about 12 minutes time. Now my show is a segmented show because I cannot stay on topic. And we're gonna talk about as many of these as we can, each 
tour will be less than probably a minute if we do it right. Uh, <laughs> as we can. Uh, and that will help us connect. And each of these are fishing things that are complete podcasts, plus a couple other fun things I put in just because I like to say the word sex a lot. Okay, so when I spin this wheel, this is really important. This is the part where you get to yell as loud as you can. Also, it's going to do is going to get people who are out in the hallway to come in this room. So when I sit, spin this, I want you to yell, Eel of Fortune, as loud as you can. You ready? Eel of Fortune! It works. Okay. <laughs> Oh boy, so the first topic is laziness. Making a podcast, a lot of work, fishing is a lot of work. If you're sitting on a boat with a hook in the water and you're just taking a nap fishing, your fish are going to bite the hook, they're going to swallow it, and they're going to die. If you produce a podcast and put it out in the world and do nothing with it, it's going to die. Okay, see what I did there? Connection. Yeah. All right, you ready? Eel of Fortune! So <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Fish in the news. Wow, the news percolates every part of our life. It also percolates your podcast. Your podcast, if you want to stay current, on topic, watch the news. Find things in your niche that match. Here's an example. Every year, the HuffPost does a story. And the, the story is the legendary nut cruncher kills again. And it's all about this fish called a Paku in the Amazon. If you swim naked with it, it will crunch on your balls. <laughs> uh, that's also not true. Now, I wrote a story about this. The title in my podcast was Paku Lies. Two years after I published that, Snopes put an article out called Paku Lies. Guess who they did not cite? Me. I sent them a memo. Guess what they didn't do? Change it. So, stay current. Stay current. You ready? Eel of Fortune! That's the gimmick. Oh my goodness. Fishing ruined my life. Fishing ruined my life. Now, on my show, I just started a brand new segment, a sex and relationship segment on my show, because fishing is so important to me, and, so, and it can ruin everything. So now, callers call into the Fish Nerds Hotline, 607-37-FISH, and they ask their sex and relationship questions, and I answer it. Does anyone in this room have a sex and relationship question they want to ask? Uh, you, yes, fam, you, over there, my show. <laughs> my partner thinks I spend too much time making beeswax candles. How can I maintain my hobby and also my relationship? Good question. Coming up all the time in fishing, that's our problem. I want to fish all the time. I want to podcast all the time. So what I always tell people is involve your family and your spouse in everything you're doing. So if I'm fishing, I bring my wife and kids. If I'm podcasting, guess who gets a co-host every six weeks or so? My wife. And if Patreon gives me money, guess who gets to go out for dinner with me? My wife. Sorry ladies, I'm married. <laughs> Alright. Eel of Fortune! Boy, time is the hardest thing. Where do we find time? Uh, who knows people who get up at 5 in the morning and go fishing? I mean, just a few of us. Do you know why they do that? Because they don't like sleep. Uh, they don't like sleep. A lot of people say it's to get away from their wife and kids. It's the only time they have, right? So when we're making podcasts, most of us, who podcasts as a job full time? Yeah, congratulations. Most of us have jobs. If you're gonna podcast consistently, if you're gonna fish consistently, you've gotta create time. I do my work at four in the morning. Four to 5.30 is my hour of writing, podcasting, editing, or fishing. Unless I'm getting paid, now I'm a guy. So now I get a little bit of money for it. So make time for it. You ready? Eel of Fortune! Am I going too fast? There's a lot of topics. Come on, come on, sex, sex, sex. Oh. All right, also on my show, we have a segment called Stump the Fish Nerds, where our callers call in. They just dial 607-378-FISH, leave their question, interaction with your audience. The most important part of growing your podcast. Does anyone have a Stump the Fish Nerds question? Just stand right and yell it out. Oh, you're yeah. right here. I got a question. Oh, don't act like you're reading. Just say oh, okay. <laughs> Well, you know, there is this group of rays called a fever, and a group of crass, that's cast. A group of goldfish that is a tublet. What is that? Tublet. Tublet. Troubling. A group of goldfish. Yeah. So, so, what do you call podcasters? A group of podcasters is either called a uh, herd of nerds or just a pod. <laughs> oh, okay. So, the question is, what is a group of podcasters called? All right. Let's spin it again. 
Stop the fish nerds! No, I got that wrong. Yeah! Ah, I'm terrible at this. Who hired me? I want to check better clear. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh-oh, it's fish quiz time. Whenever we have a special guests on this show, we invite them up for a fish quiz. What's your name, sir? Come up here, quick, 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 we're on a timeline, let's go, 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 go. So, I'm gonna add you a famous fish quiz with you. I got that right here. All right, and this is, uh, you decide, am I naming a podcast or a fishing lure? There's not a big difference, they all have terrible names. So, uh, how about uh, Devil's Teeth or Daredevil? Which one's a fishing lure? Um, Devil's Teeth? Wrong, it's a podcast, Daredevil, classic. All right, how about, uh, <laughs> Deadly song or deadly dick? I'm not making these up. These are real things. Go, deadly dick. As what? The fishing lure. As a fishing lure. That is absolutely right. Deadly dick is a killer fishing lure. <laughs> How about uh, spooky pinball or is there a spook? Um, spooky pinball podcast. Yes, you win. Hey, wait, wait, you get a prize. 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 I got a lot of pockets here. Here, decal. Thank you. Yeah. Eel of Fortune! Oh, look, Habitat. <laughs> if you want to catch more fish, you have to go where they live, right? If you want to get more listeners, go to where your audience is. One of the things I do to promote my show is every year I attend these huge, huge conferences. Uh, huge, like, it's like hundreds of people there, uh, that are about fish and fishing. And I have a table there with all my banners behind it, and I have these decals in my pocket, and I talk to people. The first year I went there, people would walk up to me, and I would say, have you heard of the Fish Nerds Podcast? And they'd go, what's podcast? <laughs> you all heard this. Now, I've been doing that five years. Now, when I go there, there's a line of people there. Hey, Clay, can you sign this piece of paper for me? Or sign their hat. They buy my hats. Money or stuff, which is way cool. Um, and I won't give them a free sticker unless they take their iPhone out or their Android and they show me that they subscribe to the podcast. So on those days, you better subscribe. Uh, on those days, on those days, I get a huge bump in subscribers, and about half of them stay with me. Go to the habitat. Go where people who want your content are. Really important. I can't fit that back in. Okay. <laughs> Eel of Fortune! Come on, come on, come on. Oh boy, this is a big one. There's a thing in the fishing industry called the fishing pros. This is when a company contacts you and they say, Hey Clay, you're a fishing guide. How about we give you a free taste of what we're selling, and then you tell your audience all about it, and we'll give that to about 50,000 other people. And they tell their audience about it. And if you sell one, we'll give you $3. And then in the fishing, in the podcasting industry, what do we call that? Affiliates. And they go to like, hey, there's 100 people here in the room. If you all say the my product about on your show 300 times, the first one to sell it gets a dollar. That's uh, my comparison. I don't do affiliates on my show anymore because I have a lot of talk, not a lot of money. <laughs> so we don't do it. But it's the same thing, fishing, podcasting. Same. See? Podcast is the same. All right. Eel of Fortune! One more, one more, one more. Come on, come on. Sex, sex, sex. Oh, good. Thank goodness. I was worried I wouldn't get a talk. Is there any kids in the room? Excellent. Excellent. That's great news. Now, this is, this is important. If you're making a podcast, I don't care what it's about unless you're doing a kid's show. Even a kid's show. Maybe you want to talk about sex. On my show, I like to talk about sex because the way fish do it, is a lot about where they live and how to catch them. So I do a lot of series on, on different spawning ways of fish. For example, uh, uh, white suckers are always do threesomes. That's always, you know, it's one, one big female and two males. They call it the devil's threesome. The, okay, got it. Um, I'm gonna tell one quick story. In, in Disney, this is a great one if you do a Disney podcast. In Disney, there's an animal called Finding Nemo, uh, and he's a clownfish. And he's, his mom died, right? That's a real thing. Moms die all the time in the fish world. And when mom died, just Nemo and his dad left. Now, clownfish make for life. And what happens when a female dies is the males, the, the spouse, if you call it that, go through a transformation and become female, then mate with the nearest male. So in finding Nemo, dad would have made it with Nemo, 
That would have been a whole story, so a very different story. Tell those stories. That's great content on your podcast. So going forward, take your real-life hobbies, take your podcast, mix them together, think about how they all are the same exact thing, uh, and, and have a great time with it. And always, it's all about an audience interaction, getting people involved in your show, yell, scream, do whatever you got to do to get in there. So until next time, I want you to follow the Code of the Fish Nerds, spawn early, spawn off, swim and rest the current every chance you get, and never trust a free line of streams attached. Thank you.